privilege to have Olivier Melnick with us today. He is the Northwest Regional Director for Chosen People Ministries. Um, he was actually, uh, he is Jewish, uh, he had Jewish parents, uh, was born and raised in France and is now uh, based in Seattle, I believe, and uh, serving as a director there and does a lot of traveling and speaking. Uh, he has books and paintings out there, we'll probably talk about that, uh, available for sale. And uh, he also has a thing here to send around if you would like to get involved uh, in his uh, blog and various things, he'll talk about that. So uh, I do want to welcome him the right way because I, I came from Israel. I've got my little kippah too. So uh, Olivia, I'm going to give you a Jewish welcome here. Give him a warm welcome as he comes to the pulpit of Bethesda. You know, the scriptures say, of course, he's Jewish, and, and, and I'm actually a Gentile, but actually, if we're born again, we're Jewish, right? We're Internally. We're together in the Paul, body. Paul talks about not being a Jew externally, if you look it up in Romans 2, but being a Jew inwardly, uh, having the circumcision of the heart by the Spirit of God. And so that's what God does in regeneration. So thankful that he is a Messianic Jew, <laughs> Uh, for the Lord. So God bless you as you open Thank God's you. word with us. Thank you. Shalom. Well, your pastor goes to Israel for two weeks. He brings back a yarmulke and it comes with a guy. <laughs> Such a deal. I mean, he didn't think it was going to come with a guy. He says, I just want the yarmulke. It comes with a guy. So here I am. Okay, just for today. Well, it's a, it's a delight being here and uh, having a chance to share with your congregation. Um, my name is Olivia Melnick. I am the Northwest Director for Chosen People Ministries. And uh, we live in, the, uh, in the, the suburb of Seattle. Uh, we've served in different areas of the U.S. I do travel quite a bit. I'm also on the board of directors of Chosen People Ministries France, which is where I'm from. So French is actually my first language. And uh, so I do travel to Europe as well uh, as it pertains to Jewish ministry and how to reach the Jewish people with the gospel of Jesus, which is what Chosen People Ministries uh, concentrates on. We are a mission that is uh, 121 years old. We've been around for a while, and we have offices, branches, and centers anywhere in the world and in the U.S. where there is a Jewish community that needs to hear about Jesus. It's not always the easiest job to do. It took a while for my wife to convince me uh, to believe in Jesus because we Jews don't believe in Jesus. It's just that simple. And uh, of course, we don't open the Bible. We don't listen to anybody telling us anything. We just, we know that we're not supposed to believe in Jesus. So it took my wife a lot of patience and prayer to convince me before I could even marry her that I had to believe in Jesus, which I thought was the craziest thing to do for me. Eventually, 32 years ago, she led me to the Lord, and uh, we got married, and we've been married for 32 years, and we have two beautiful children, and uh, um, so that's, that's that about, uh, about us. Um, I have the clipboard here. Let me say a few words about the clipboards. Um, we're going to pass them in a minute. Uh, there's a couple of things I do. One of, uh, one of my areas of specialty is anti-Semitism, racism against the Jewish people. And unfortunately, if you watch the news at all lately, or if you read on the internet, it's coming back full force. 
and especially in Europe right now, uh, if it's an indication of what's going to come around the, the globe, Europe is actually extremely dangerous for Jewish people, in particular in France, the country I'm from. And French people are actually right now leaving in large numbers to make Aliyah, to move to Israel. So uh, we have a lot, there's a lot going on uh, because of anti-Semitism and I specialize in that. So I have a, a blog where I write, I write articles about Israel and the church and anti-Semitism and, and the, the rise of Islam and all, all, all comes together. If you want to read those articles, <clears throat> uh, you want to sign up on this blog, put your name in ad, and uh, really all I need is your name and your email. If you want to put your address, I'll keep, I'll keep it there. It's my personal database. I don't share it with any Avon or Tupperware. You're only going to get my blog, I promise you. Maybe occasionally a, th a thing or two from chosen people, but that's it. So we'll pass those. And also on the clipboard, there's an opportunity for you to sign up to receive my daily devotional. I do a daily devotional from a Jewish perspective. And you'd get that in your email. And uh, that's, uh, those are the things. There's other options. You can check the, the box if you want. But those are the two main ones. We can pass them. Pastor, I could, if I could ask for maybe a glass of water or something, that would be very helpful. Thank you. <coughs> Okay, now, and then I'll meet you after service at my resource and book table. I can answer questions, I can shake your hand, and uh, I got to go back to Seattle tomorrow, so I want to sell you everything I have on the table so I don't have to put it back in my suitcase. Now, when, when your pastor invited me, it was, it was interesting because I, I do a lot of different things and different topics, and here I am on Palm Sunday, and I thought, how can I talk about the Jewish people and Israel and, and what's going on in the world and the current, current events, but yet still think, you know, how do you connect it to Palm Sunday and the triumphal entry? And I was thinking, you know what? I'm about to tell you a few things that are important that you need to know about Israel and the Jewish people. And I thought, well, here's a connection. We, 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 here we are celebrating the triumphal entry, but everything I'm going to be sharing with you this morning is going to build towards a triumphal second coming. Amen? Because the triumphal entry is one thing, yet to come, yet to die for all of us, but he's coming back, isn't he? Amen. Can I hear an Amen. He is coming back. So it's gonna be, uh, we gonna, we're going to look at what are some key elements about the Jewish people in Israel that, uh, that are uh, guaranteed to us from the Bible and why it's important to God and why it should be important to us. So let me open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for uh, the welcome at this church and uh, the pastor's uh, desire to uh, have me come here and share about the Jewish people and uh, the importance of the Jewish people in the Bible and in God's heart and the fact that God is definitely not finished with Israel and the Jewish people. Lord, we thank you for uh, your Bible. We thank you for your word. Uh, every single word of it is inspired. We uh, pray today that as we look at some of it, it would encourage us, it would challenge us, and it would help us grow closer to you. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Yeshua is Jesus' name in Hebrew. Okay? I will not do only Hebrew today, but once in a while you might hear a Hebrew word here or there, and there will be a test next Sunday. Okay, now... Uh, if you look at current events, we're going to look at a little bit at current events because it's, it's part of, you know, where we are right now. Uh, there's a lot of people that would like to see Israel gone, okay? Iran, 
Hamas, ISIS, Hezbollah, they all want to destroy Israel. That's, it's clear, okay? Um, now, the rest of the world also wants to split Israel, give this part of the land, that part of the land, and then even the church. There are people within the church today who want to replace Israel. They say that God is done with Israel, God is done with the Jews, they rejected Jesus, so God is rejecting them. This is nowhere in the Bible. The fact that some in the Jewish leadership back in the days of Jesus led some of their people astray to walk away from the Jewish Messiah is a fact. But that does not invalidate the eternal covenants that God made with Israel as far as the blessings and the land and all the different things that he promised Israel. So we have to be careful not to try to rewrite history to change God from a covenant maker into a covenant breaker. Because then it would make God into a liar. And we can't do that because God doesn't lie. So there are things in the Bible that remain the same. And the first thing, you know, you've got to start with the beginning, God chose the Jewish people. Not because we're better, I mean, come on, all of our sins are in the book, more than yours, okay? So, I mean, look at the period of the judges, you know, it's like, will we ever learn anything ever? Yes, for about five minutes, and then we sin again, and we just, I mean, I'm in the judges right now in my devotional time, and it's depressing. It's, you know, it's like I'm reading this, and, oh, good, and so are we going to repent, we're going to... And then we go back to the Baals and go back to, you know, worshiping other gods and idolatry. And it's just like an unending cycle of disobedience. So um, you want to learn about disobedience? Look at the Jewish people in the Bible. But that doesn't mean that God is going to reject them. It also doesn't mean that God, because he loves Israel, is going to give them a free ticket to heaven. Nobody comes to God but through the Son. Okay? Jews, Gentiles, Muslims, it doesn't matter. It's only through the death and resurrection of Jesus, something that we are celebrating in this coming week. Amen? So, God chose the Jewish people. Deuteronomy 4, um, let's see, Deuteronomy 7, 7 and 8. The Lord did not set his love on you, nor choose you, because you were more in number than any of the other people, for you were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you and kept the oath, with the oath which he swore to your forefathers, the Lord brought you out by a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So God chose the Jewish people. He had a plan for the Jewish people. And he's not finished. He's not finished. As a matter of fact, you will see at the end of my message, by about three this afternoon, you will see, just want to warn you, you, you will see that not only is not finished, but the Jewish people play a, a, a very important part in the second coming. So we'll see that, uh, how it develops. So first God chose the, cho the, choose the Jewish people. Then God made a covenant made more than one, but he made a covenant with the Jewish people. The foundation of many of the covenants of the Bible is found in that covenant, which is known as the Abrahamic covenant. We find it for the first time in Genesis 12. And, and I read, Now the Lord, and, the Lord said to Abraham, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And it will make you a great nation, and will bless you and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Will be blessed. God made a covenant with Abraham and his descendants. 
And through it is not just through Abraham, but through Abraham and his son Isaac and his son Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob's the Jewish patri Jewish patriarchs. God made that covenant. It is not going to change. It doesn't mean he's ignoring everybody else. It simply meant that he has a special agreement with the Jewish people that is not going to change. And he, part of that covenant is that he gave land to the Jewish people. And by the way, that land is not called Palestine. Am I in trouble now? No, I don't. No, it's not called Palestine. The only place it's called Palestine is in your Bible is in the map section. And the map section is not inspired. It's just the maps. You know, Palestine in the days of Jesus. That's because Palestine, think about it this way. That's the way I like to think about it. Palestine used to be a name for a geographical area until the mid-1960s when it was changed into a name of a people group and a nation. But that is a mistake. Okay? So the land that God gave the Jewish people is given to us in details in Genesis 15, all those different, you know, ites, all the, the Kenizzites, the Hittites, the Perizzites. And the Jewish people never enjoyed a full geographical boundaries of that land. That will happen, you know when? That will happen in the Millennial Kingdom. For right now, there's a small section of that land, and if even less because of the territories that have been given away, uh, that the Jewish people enjoy um, uh, right now. So in Genesis 15, Genesis 17, 26, 28, all throughout that section of Genesis, the land is reconfirmed to the Jewish people through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So God, uh, God chose the Jewish people. You know, people tell me sometimes, well, you think you're the chosen people. You know, you, you, you think you're so much better than us. I've heard that before. Listen, if you remember Fiddler on the Roof, the movie Fiddler on the Roof, Tevia, at the beginning of the movie, is walking home and he's pulling the carriage because his horse is sick and he's talking to the Lord. He's talking, looking up in the sky, talking to the Lord. And he goes, Lord, I know we're the chosen people, but once in a while, could you choose somebody else? <laughs> this is the way I feel as a Jewish man. Seriously, the history of my people has been nothing but 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 harassment and, 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 uh, and, and death and, and killing and, and, and the history of the Jewish people is punctuated by acts of, of like the, the Crusades and then the, the Holocaust and, and the Inquisition. Look at all those things that happened to our people. So I'd like not to be chosen once in a while, you know, but this is what God uh, decided to do with us. So the third thing that <coughs> you need to understand that's very important <coughs> <clears throat> is that God will never destroy Israel. Never destroy Israel. Um, Jeremiah 31, 35 through 37. God will never destroy Israel. This, the recipe to destroy Israel is right there. Any enemy of Israel, Hamas, Iran, Hezbollah, ISIS, even some people that I will not name by name, but that are uh, presidents of USA, but you know what I'm talking about, uh, who I think right now is showing really that, you know, he is an enemy of Israel. That doesn't mean that Americans are not friends of Israel, uh, friends of Israel. But if some people within our current administration are not friends of Israel, 
Even more so, we should show that we're friends of Israel, the Christians today. Even more so, because they need friends. But outside of needing friends, God promised that he will never destroy Israel. Thus says the Lord who gives the sun for light by day and the fixed order of the moon for the, and the stars for light by night who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. If this fixed order departs from before me, declares the Lord, then the offspring of Israel also shall cease from being a nation before me forever. Thus says the Lord, if the heavens above can be measured and the foundation of the earth searched out below, then I will also cast off the offspring of Israel for all that they have done, declares the Lord. If you can count if you can measure the sun and the moon and count all the stars in the universe, they keep finding more stars every day. So you can't count all the stars of the universe. Nobody can. This is God's tongue-in-cheek way of saying, you want to destroy Israel? No way, Jose. That's, that's my version of the Bible. No way, Jose. Okay? You can't. It doesn't mean that there's, there won't be casualties. It doesn't mean that there, hasn't, there has already been some casualties in, in the history of Israel. But God will never allow for Israel to be completely destroyed. God was the first Zionist. God believes in Israel. And he's not going to let uh, Israel disappear. <clears throat> now, out of Israel, out of the Jewish people, we get the Messiah. Messiah was from the Jewish people. Messiah, Jesus is a Jew. To most of you, or all of you probably, it's no shock, but I have met people in my 20 plus years of ministry that come to me and they say, I did not know that Jesus was Jewish. I'm going, wow, the church has done a really good job as taking everything Jewish from the heritage of from the Bible. I mean, the Bible is such a Jewish book. It doesn't mean that you, you have to wear a yarmulke to read the Bible or a prayer shawl, but the context of the Bible is a very Jewish book. Very Jewish. And uh, the Messiah came from the Jewish people in uh, Genesis 22:18. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. We will look at you will be a descendant of Abraham. And then it's, that is quoted in Galatians 3:16. Now the promises were spoken to Abraham and to a seed. He does not say into seeds as referring to many, but rather to one and to your seed, that is Messiah. This is Paul speaking of that passage in, in Genesis. Another passage in Genesis 49:10. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. Here, I don't have time to develop this passage right here, but here we find out that Messiah will be from the tribe of Judah because the, uh, the, the um, identity uh, is, um, is not going to depart. The, the, the identity is not going to depart from the Jewish people uh, until Messiah comes. So we have to find out that Messiah is from the tribe of Judah, so he'll be Jewish. And I don't have time to develop this uh, further right now. By the way, as you pass the clipboards, if you write next to your name notes, I will send you in an email my notes. So this way I can talk faster maybe. Is it possible that I talk faster? I don't think so. So Messiah was from the Jewish people. Messiah came first for the Jewish people. He came first for the Jewish people. In Matthew 10, 5 through 7, these 12 Yeshua sent out after instructing them, saying, Do not go in the way of the Gentiles. Do not enter any city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 15, 24, but he answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And then, of course, the Great Commission. 
Go therefore and make disciples of only the Jewish people. No, wait a minute. Of all nations. Everybody. He came first to the Jewish people, but he also ended up going to all the nations. Okay, so it's not just for the Jews. It's for everybody. But somehow, the Great Commission over the centuries has become the great omission because now we we see Jesus and we send missionaries and we send workers and we see people going to take the gospel in all the world but when it comes to the Great Commission and taking the gospel to the Jewish people which is not easy I know then it becomes a great omission we don't know how to do it we don't know why we don't know if we should and how can we talk to the Jewish people it's it's a different kind of a kind of environment so it's people can refrain from it you we can't the Jewish people are very much part, very much a part of God's people of God's plan and you should absolutely include the Jewish people in your plan of sharing the gospel with the lost absolutely do absolutely do that um, <clears throat> next point is the church has not replaced Israel believe it or not two-thirds of evangelicals believe that the church is now the new Israel has replaced Israel and God is done with the Jews again that would make God into a liar because he made covenants with the Jewish people he said they're eternal not only they're eternal but for instance the Abrahamic covenant I mean you can break a covenant you know you make a I make an agreement with your pastor we we shake hands and then one of us we'll just renege on it we'll we'll lie we'll, we'll break our covenant we'll break our contract we'll break our covenant men do that to men all the time that's why we have so many lawyers okay and um now when god made the covenant with abraham what he did is that he parted the animals you know you, you had to go through split animals to ratify to 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 sign the covenant and so god split uh, Abraham split the animals and he was going to walk through the animals at the same time where the glory of God the glory the Shekinah glory of the Lord would, would go through but what did God do he put Abraham into a deep sleep so that when he ratified the covenant with Abraham it was not one of those if you will then I will it was God saying you sleep you stay on the side because on this one I will there was no no, um, Abraham did not, even though he was the recipient of, the, of the, the other side of the covenant, there was no, it was unconditional. And because it's unconditional, it's eternal, it's still standing today. Anything less would make God into a liar and a covenant breaker. And you cannot do that unless you want to change the Bible. Well, don't get me started. I mean we see a lot of that nowadays people changing reinterpreting not reading and you know all kinds of things about the Bible but the church has not replaced Israel there is a um, I want to read a, uh, a verse actually that I don't have in my notes you know people used to say turn in your Bible now we say turn on your Bible it's just the way it is first Corinthians 10 31 uh, 32 actually whether whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do do all to the glory of God give no offense either to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God 
If the church has replaced the Jews, why do we have in this passage, which talks about food and, and not offending people, uh, the context is different, but why do we have in this passage Jews and Gentiles and church of God? If the church is the new Jews, the new Israel, we shouldn't have them three groups in that passage. That's because the church today is made of Jews and Gentiles who have put their trust in the death and resurrection of Jesus for their sins. I don't stop being Jewish. You don't stop being Gentiles. We're just all together children of God. Amen? So now Israel is very much in, uh, uh, in God's plan. And we, we're going to see, see that in a minute as it all pertains to the, uh, to the end times. Uh, another thing that you need to understand is a Christian cannot love God and hate Israel. Now this is going to go like you're looking at me going like, well, duh. Of course, you'd be surprised. I even had a professor of mine when I attended Moody Bible Institute who came to me after he found out I was Jewish and he told me, I want you to know, Olivier, I didn't always love Israel and the Jewish people as a Christian. I was shocked. That was before he was a professor. He said, really? He said, yes. I used to not like the Jewish people. And I called myself a Christian. Well, you can't do that. Look at Psalm 83, verse 1 through 5. God, do not remain quiet. Do not be silent. O God, do not be still. For behold, thine enemies make an uproar, and those who hate you have exalted themselves. They make shrewd plans against your people and conspire together against your treasured ones. They have said, Come and let us wipe them out as a nation, that the name of Israel be remembered no more. For they have conspired together with one mind against you, they make a covenant. Here is the key verse in verse 5 of Psalm 83. Asaph, the psalmist, is going to God and pleading with God, saying, God, please deal with the enemies of Israel. It says here, They make shrewd plans against your people, conspire against your treasured ones. That's Israel, the Jewish people. And then he says, they want Israel to be remembered no more. This is something you hear from the mouth of, of, of the leaders in the Middle East of, you know, ISIS and, and Hezbollah and Hamas, Iran, the Ayatollah, and all these people. That's what they say, that the name of Israel be remembered no more. This is their agenda. Don't be fooled. They worship death. We value life. Two different ideologies that do not mix. And that's always going to be an issue. And then, verse 5, they have conspired together with one mind, and I love this. Listen to this. Against you, they make a covenant. They conspire against the Jewish people, but against you, they make a covenant. When you don't like Israel, when you hate the Jewish people, you conspire, you make a covenant against the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You cannot be a Christian and not love Israel. And it's, if it's something that you're struggling with, then I challenge you to go to the Word. And I'm not saying any of you are there, but this is something maybe you, you encountered in some of your friends who told you, well, you know, the Jews are the problems uh, you know, in the Middle East, and if the Jews uh, uh, would just give away the land and put their weapons down, there'd be peace in the Middle East. Baloney! Kosher baloney. Um, <laughs> seriously, Netanyahu said, I think five or six years ago, if the Arabs would put down their weapons, there would be peace in the Middle East. If the Jews would put down their weapons, there would be no more Israel tomorrow. Do you believe that? I do. I do. 
That's the difference. Two different ideologies. But a Christian cannot love God and hate Israel. And God, the next point is, uh, I'm on point number eight. I don't know if I, 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 I'm not even counting. Who's counting? Okay. Um, you want to know how many points total? I know you do. I know you do because you're looking at the clock. You're going, he's on eight and he hasn't told us how many. Lucky you, there's only ten. Okay. See, it's not that bad. God wants you to bless Israel and the Jewish people. God does want you to bless. And it's, it's based on Genesis 12, 1 through 3 again. The blessing and the cursing. God, when he told Abraham, I will bless those who bless you and curse him who curses you, did not give a third option. I know you do not want to curse Israel. I believe that. But what are the options here? You either bless or you curse. You do not sit on the fence. Unfortunately, today, too many Christians sit on the fence and don't do anything. You either bless or you curse. One or the other. But you cannot do, there's no third option. So if you don't do anything, if you don't bless, in a sense, you end up cursing because you're not doing anything to bless the Jews. There's no third option. It's black and white. And too many Christians today don't do anything. They don't support Jewish missions. They don't do anything to take the gospel to Jewish people. And, and it's, it's, it's something that needs to be, uh, it's, it's a challenge I want to give you, is where are, where are you in your heart? Where are you as far as a church and as, 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 a, as an individual in your uh, desire to bless Israel and to bless the apple of God's eye and of course to bless them with the only gift that never stops giving the gift of the gospel there are plenty of organizations in the world that are humanitarian and it will help Jewish people go back to the land and help them find a, a place in Israel and give them food baskets and, and medication and blankets and, and all kinds of things you know uh, programs to help them go back to the land but let me ask you a question if you help a Jewish person go back to Israel, but do not share the gospel with them, are you doing them a favor? Short time, yes. They go back to the land, their land. Maybe they're safer there because of the anti-Semitism that you see in the world. I would say yes. But eventually, by taking them without sharing the gospel, you're really hugging them and saying, I love you, as you're pushing them towards a cliff and pushing them down towards the lake of fire with no hope of salvation because you've never shared the gospel with them so any humanitarian effort that you do for Israel and praise God that you would even consider doing that thank you for that cannot be disconnected from the gospel actually it is because of the gospel that you should be doing it but it cannot be disconnected and it is difficult I just had a long uh, I spoke at a church two nights ago in, uh, in Sioux Falls and I spoke for th lucky you I spoke for three hours honest to God it was a, an evening session they wanted me to speak on anti-semitism and they said go as long as you want big mistake <laughs> so I spoke for three hours and ten minutes and um, and there was a Jewish man there who was not a believer in Yeshua and uh, I got a very, very, very long email from him this morning. Uh, 
critiquing my three hours, which was very, very good. I mean, I, I read most of it because I didn't have time to read it in details, and I will answer it. But the, the point is, it's not easy to do what we do. I mean, as a Jew, the first thing this, this man told me was, I wish you would have been more transparent with the people telling them you're not Jewish anymore, you're a Christian now. That was his first you know, uh, his first reaction, which is a very common Jewish reaction. A Jew who believes in Jesus is not Jewish anymore, which of course is not true. I didn't have a chance to discuss that with him. I'll do that in emails back and forth. And, uh, you know, you can pray for my interaction with this guy because this is what we do. This is what I do for a living. Talk to my Jewish people to make sure they hear about Jesus. And then it's a personal choice. That's all you can do with anybody. As you go out today, as you go out in your mission field, all you can do is tell people about Jesus. You cannot force them. It's been tried. Forced conversions, they tried on the Jews in the Middle Ages. It didn't work very well. Okay? So don't try that. It's with nobody. You tell people and then the Holy Spirit will do the rest. Amen? Including with the Jewish people. Where was I? See, so you get me all excited and I forget where I am. Okay, now, the last two points, I'm going to put them all back together. Israel is at the center of the prophetic future. Do you believe that? Do you believe that Israel is at the center of the prophetic future? Well, we know that all the Jewish people are going to go back to the land in the end days. Guess what's happening right now? It's been happening for a couple of decades with the Soviet Jews. Now we've got the French Jews, European Jews right now. I didn't even think I would see it in my lifetime. The European Jews are moving away from Europe, moving back to Israel. Not just France. France leads the pack in numbers right now because of anti-Semitism. But Jews from Ukraine, Jews from, from Belgium, from England, from France, from, from all different places in, in Europe are going back to Israel. We're living it. This is it. They are going back to Israel. We are at the end of the end times. This is very, very exciting. But there's a sense, at least for me, and I hope maybe for you, a sense of urgency. How much more time do we have? Even right now, a chosen people has is, is started a program that I'm heading with, with the president of our mission on, on helping French Jews go back to Israel to make Aliyah, as we call it, to go back to Israel, but doing it in a way that they're going to hear the gospel. There's plenty of organizations that will help them go to Israel, but they don't share the gospel. We are putting together a whole program right now and pray for this. It's, it's, it's a huge undertaking to take help the French Jews go back to Israel and hear the message of the gospel testimonies and get a free book that we've put together in seven different languages called Isaiah 53 Explained. So they're going back to Israel. We see that's happening right now. All the Jews are going back to the land. Eventually, they'll be back in the land and this is how it's going to play out, okay? And I'll finish with this. Don't believe a preacher when he says, and in conclusion, you know, there's at least 45 minutes more. I hope I did not just describe your pastor here. <laughs> I'm in trouble. Um, okay. The way I see it from Scripture is that we have uh, the, 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 the program of the end is, to me, from what I understand in Scripture, you don't have to agree, 
uh, and we don't have time to, to argue that, but I see a rapture. Actually, the rapture is what scared me into becoming a believer. I was sharing with your pastor this morning. That's what scared me into becoming a believer, the rapture. I didn't want to be separated. So there's a rapture. After the rapture, there's going to be a seven-year tribulation, also known as the time of Jacob's trouble, which is another way of saying the time to discipline Jacob or Israel. So a rapture of the church, the believers, Jews and Gentiles, then a seven-year tribulation, then a thousand-year millennium, and then the eternal order, which is a very long time. And it's a good very long time if you're on the right side of God, right? Amen. So what's going to happen is that uh, the Jewish people are going to be back uh, in the land, and um, at some point, the Jewish people towards the end of the tribulation, they're going to suffer greatly. There is a scripture in uh, Zechariah 13, 8 and 9, will come about in all the land, declares the Lord, that two parts in it will be cut off and perish, but the third will be left in it, and I will bring the third part through the fire, refine them as silver is refined, and test them as gold is tested. They will call on my name, and I will answer them, and I will say they are my people, and they will say the Lord is my God. It's a very, very sad scripture because it tells us that at the end of the tribulation, before the return of Messiah, two-thirds of the Jewish population of the world back then in the land of Israel will perish. And I used to look at this and tell my wife, I don't like this because today, if it would happen today, there's 15 million Jewish people in the world, 10 million would die, so five would survive and then Messiah would return. So for Messiah to come back, then 10 million Jews have to die. That's 4 million more than the Holocaust. It's it's unbearable I lost my grandfather in the Holocaust it's unbearable and then my wife told me wait a minute when God wants to give numbers he's very precise he gives 144,000 the 17 years of the reign of this king who started in the 20th year of this we have numbers all over the seventh day the sixth day numbers in almost every book of the Bible and then when he doesn't want to give us number he'll give us uh, one-third part and two-third part so God is telling us here one-third will survive two-thirds will perish implied in that God is telling us make that number smaller he doesn't tell us it's 10 million and 5 million it could be 10 and 5 God can do that make that number smaller share the gospel with the Jewish people get them saved that's what we do that's what I want you to see. That's what I want you to do and partner with us. Get the Jewish people saved. So the number of those who will perish will be a small number. That's the least we can do. And then, at the end, that number of Jewish people in the land, according to Zechariah 12.10, they will... And I will pour out on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplication so that they will look on me who they have pierced and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only son and they will weep bitterly over him like the bitter weeping of a firstborn. Jewish people at the end of the tribulation are going to see that they missed the Messiah at his first coming. And they're going to look up and they're going to go, Baruch haba Bashem Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And Jesus comes back. The Jewish people are involved in the second coming, not the rapture, the second coming of the Messiah. When they say, all together, because he said, Yeshua said, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is you, comes in the name of the Lord. Jewish people at the end of the tribulation will say, blessed is you, comes in the name of the Lord. And that's when Jesus comes back, 
And that's also kind of like the end of Satan's career. And he does not like his retirement plan. So because of that, Satan is going to do everything he can to stop the Jewish people from calling on him to return, him being Jesus. And Satan is at the source, at the root of anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism is completely irrational hatred of the Jewish people. And it is coming from the enemy, from Satan. And he's going to do everything he can to stop the Jewish people from believing in Jesus and to postpone the return, uh, the second coming of the Messiah. And he's doing a very good job. And right now the whole world is going against the Jewish people. How many of you have heard of the events that took place in Paris uh, in January when they went into a kosher supermarket and they killed four Jewish people? Some of you remember that, right? Okay, well, it made the news. Uh, let me tell you something. That supermarket is on the east side of Paris, touching the town where I lived my whole life. Actually, my whole family shops in that supermarket. My mother was in that neighborhood in that morning. She's only 400 yards from the supermarket. My niece is 30 yards from that supermarket. She was in a store 15 minutes prior to the guy going in and shooting everybody. She was there with a stroller with a little boy. She went home, started cooking for the Sabbath, and then she turned the TV on and she sees the supermarket. She's looking through a window and she sees the police. She's going, like, what's going on? And then what took place took place. My mother, 400 yards from that market, which is like five-minute walk. I call her. I said, Mom, stay put. I'm watching this online in Seattle. I'm watching this on the news. Stay put. Don't open the door. And my mother lost her dad when she was 15. The Gestapo came in that same house to take her dad to Auschwitz to kill him in the camps. She's on the phone. She's going, are they coming back? She's 88 years old. Are they coming back? I did not know what to say to my mother. Now, mind you, two years ago, three years ago, I led both my mother and my dad to the Lord. Praise God for that. And so I know where she's going, but still, to see this twice in her lifetime, how they're going after the Jews, it's unprecedented since like in the last 75 years. So we have, we have a task ahead of us. Uh, I don't know how much of a window we have before, uh, uh, before this is all uh, over, but right now the Jewish people need our help. They need our help, not just our help to love them, our help to share the gospel and make a difference and help them uh, get on God's good side. God's program for mankind revolves around Israel and the unconditional covenant he made with her. That's, that's for sure. And God's free gift of salvation to the Jewish people and also to the Gentiles rest on the assurance that he will never break his covenant with Israel. If God changes his mind on covenants with Israel, he could change his mind on how you get saved. And maybe you're not saved after all. Maybe Jesus is not the way. Maybe God will just kind of do a twist on you if he starts changing his mind. He is not changing his mind on Israel. He's not changing his mind on how we get saved and how we go to heaven. But we need to really do something for the Jewish people at this time, for such a time as this. I'm telling you, my friends, what I see happening in the world needs the attention of the few Christians like yourselves who are left, 
who love Israel and the Jewish people. It is something that we need to get serious about. So keep your eyes on Israel and keep your eyes on the sky because Jesus is coming back soon. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, dot org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.